This is the Courtside Connect, your go-to podcast for all things Kentucky basketball and Kentucky basketball's quickest game review podcast. I'm your host, Matt Zach, once again, here for a solo version of the Courtside Connect. There's just a couple of big pieces of information, obviously, everyone should know about at this point. One really good, one really bad, but in my opinion, I'm doing really good right now. I think the good far outweighs the bad, and the bad has kind of been expected. The writing's been on the wall for a couple months now. We'll start with the bad, get out of the way. Of course, I am talking about Shaden Sharp. Um, Entered the draft. He said that he is just testing the waters, leaving the option open to return back to Kentucky, but Shams had reported um, on behalf of The Athletic that he is going to enter the draft. He's projected top 10 pick by NBA executives, and he is likely going to stay there. Um, So, I mean, when Shams says something, when Shams or Woj say something, the writing is on the wall. That's just what's going to happen. Shane Sharp's gone. A lot of people expected this. A lot of people were just keeping hope that him and his camp would stay to their word. Um, Some people were hoping that he wouldn't be eligible and even get the choice and he would have to come back to Kentucky. None of that happened. He was deemed eligible and just one of the weirdest situations ever. I mean, going through the timeline, Shaden Sharp in, I believe it would have had to have been May of 2021, finished his fourth year of high school. And in Canada, you go to high school for five years, but your fifth year is technically still called your senior year. So he te- so he technically graduated after he finished his junior year with enough credits to graduate, but he went into his senior year was still playing high school basketball. He was still playing on the EYBL circuit, all of that. And then he decides to enroll early to Kentucky. And then technically the date that he graduated, that he announced that he graduated to enroll in Kentucky was December of 2021. Now, in order to be eligible, you need to be one full year removed from high school, not like when you could have ended high school, one full year removed from high school before you can enter the NBA draft. Of course, the NBA draft is in June. So if he graduated in December of 2021, he cannot enter the June 2022 NBA draft. The whole thing now is there's a different transcript that is out that's different than the one that was before. Um, Now saying that he graduated in May of 2021, which again, now that if, if you graduate in May of 2021, that is one full year removed from June of 2022, and he would be eligible for the draft. Of course, he's a top 10 pick. Of course, he's going to go. Just a very sketchy situation, a very unfortunate situation. At the end of the day, one, one of the biggest things I've learned about recruiting in the past year, it is so very rarely the kid's decision. I mean, the schools that guys go to, the decision to go pro or stay for another year, it is so often 
decided by the parents and the camp. Um, obviously, Shaden had something to do with this, but at the end of the day, his dreams to go play in the NBA, the option is there in front of him. Of course, he's going to take it. I don't fault him. I also do not fault John Calipari because he has been told that the plan was for him to return. If I'm the coach of a basketball team and the number one player in the country says, hey, I want to go there for a semester so I can play for you next year, I'm saying yes 1,000% of the time. There's not an instance where I say no to that. To have the potential of a Shaden Sharp on your team, you do that 100 times out of 100. I wish he communicated some things better. I wish he didn't say, oh, come out and watch him in warm-ups. You know, that kind of sucked because that gives us false hope. But at the end of the day, I'm not mad at how Calipari handled the situation overall. I am very mad at um, Shane Sharp's camp for pretty much lying. It, it seems like it was their intent the whole time to get Shane to the NBA. And that's not what they communicated. I mean, one, one of the people that was direct in his whole situation, the, like the leader of his camp, said, saying Shane is going pro at the end of the year, that's like saying we're going tomorrow's over the weekend. And it's just like, you knew what you were doing. Just be honest. I mean, if Shaden wanted to come here for a semester and wasn't ready to play and, like, at, at least say it's an option, you know? That part is just kind of annoying. And it's also kind of annoying that it, it seems like they had to falsify some sort of transcript records in order for, like, they had to do some shady shit in order for him to go pro right now. That's the only thing I mind. But at the end of the day, it's just a bad situation. It is what it is. The only real thing that I'm mad about, we had two guards, Sky Clark and Shaden Sharp, were both signed to our team. Neither are going to play a minute for Kentucky. If they never committed, the number, I don't even know, he's top three, but the number one guard in the country and a top three player in his recruiting class, Nick Smith, would be on Kentucky. He wanted to come to Kentucky. The only thing was... Do we have room for him? When you have Cason Wallace already on the roster, when you have um, Sky Clark already on that roster, when you have Shane Sharp already on the roster, why is a fourth freshman guard going to come in? It's just not going to happen. So we could have a backcourt of Nick Smith and Cason Wallace's upcoming year, and no one would even care. Well, not no one would care. We would care a little less, a lot less about the Shane Sharp situation. But unfortunately, we have none because we had two guys on our team. Sky Clark and Shane Sharp, neither who played a minute for Kentucky, were both taking Nick Smith's spot, and neither are ever going to play for Kentucky. So that's the part I'm most pissed about. I mean, if Shaden knew he wasn't coming here, just say so, so we can recruit other guys. But the best part about this announcement finally being over with is just that. We can move on and recruit other guys. We don't have to tell an Antonio Reeves, all right, Hold on uh, a couple more weeks so we can figure out what Shaden's doing. Because that makes Antonio Rios feel like a second option. We don't have to do that with Terrence Shannon. We don't have to do that with Antoine Davis. We don't have to do that with Adam Miller. We don't have to do that with any of these guys in the portal. We can go out, pick our guy, and say, hey, I want you at Kentucky. The starting spot is yours. We're all in on you. And you don't have to worry about managing a situation that you have no control over. So that's the best part about this whole situation is that it is finally over. This whole Shane Sharp roller coaster is over. I'm kind of getting sick of talking about it on the podcast, sick of talking about it on Twitter. Unfortunately, you have to because it's such big news. 
it's just finally over, and I think that's the best part. But the good news, on the other hand, that I previously mentioned came one day before on an announcement on SportsCenter at 1.15 Eastern Time, Oscar Shibway had his own little segment, and he announced that God is not done with him at the University of Kentucky. He needs one more year in Lexington, and he's going to be returning to the Wildcats for his senior season. The first time a national player of the year had returned to college basketball since 2008 when Tyler Hansborough did it. And of course, he won the national championship the next year. So to have a guy of Oscar Sheway's caliber, of his personality, of just everything, for him to return to Kentucky, I couldn't be more happy for him. I couldn't be happy more for our team. I mean, it doesn't matter what happens the rest of the way. Like, does we either come back or do we find a replacement in the portal? Is Cason Wallace, like, the best freshman guard we've had since Maxi or Hero? Like, he's a potential lottery pick? Or or is he just going to more flake out as a freshman as sometimes I do? Is Antonio Reeves coming to Kentucky or might he flip somewhere else? It doesn't matter what anything else happens. Because we have the best player in the country. No other team could say they have the best player in the country, no matter what else happens this offseason. That is amazing to say. We have something that no one else has. I think you could find another wing that could put up 18 points a game. No one is good as Shaden, but I think we could find another wing that could score in the 20s on a given game. There's no center. There's no player, period, in the country that can replace Oscar. Like, when you look... What is the gap between what Shaden Sharp gives you and what Antonio Reeves gives you? It is so different than, all right, what does Oscar Shibway give you? Or what does Joni Broom of Moorhead State give you? That is such a bigger gap, in my opinion. You can't replace Oscar. You can re- you could somewhat replicate perimeter scoring, even though you will never find a player in the portal like Shaden Sharp. You can't replace Oscar Shibway. And my favorite part about this whole situation, Oscar Shibway was able to make the best decision for Oscar. The NIL situation finally worked out for him. Anyone that's ever been skeptical about NIL, this is what it does. It allows a player like Oscar Shibway, who needs to take care of his mom, needs to take care of his family, wants to get his mom out of living in poverty. He now doesn't have to go pro if he's not ready. If he wants to come back to Kentucky where he loves playing, he wants to develop his game more so he can be a lottery pick and make more money when he goes pro, he can do that because NIL is going to give him enough money that he can help and support his family. He could go and help and support basketball back in his home country, which is a huge goal of his. He gets to do all of those things. Unfortunately, money is just a huge part in today's society or society ever. You just need it. And now, because of NIL, he can make a decision completely irrelevant to money. And he could just make the best decision for Oscar. And that's the best thing of NIL. We saw it demonstrated perfectly, perfectly with Oscar coming back. So, super happy about that. It just, with Shannon now gone... With the rumors now looking like Wheeler is coming back, Toppin's expected to come back, CJ Frederick is officially back, um, Oscar Shibwe is now officially back, Chris Livingston's coming in, Cason uh, Walls is coming in, Antonio Reeves is coming in, I expect Lance Ware to be back. 
with all those things, I, I put out on Twitter earlier today, it's seeming like our roster construction is going to look very, very similar to how our roster construction of this past season looked. You start, you have Saver Wheeler was our point guard last year. He could be our point guard next year. Ty Ty Washington was a freshman combo guard playing the two. Kaysen Wallace is a freshman combo guard playing the two. Kellen Grady is a senior or fifth-year uh, graduate student that is a perimeter scorer at the three and came from a mid-major. Antonio Reeves is going to be a senior perimeter scorer coming from a mid-range or a mid-major playing the three. Keon Brooks is a four that doesn't clog up the paint. That doesn't clog up the paint. I know he shot more mid-ranges and people wanted three-pointers, but he did play a little bit more on the perimeter. It's not like he played in the post. Chris Livingston could be our four doing the same exact thing. I expect him to play more behind the arc than Keon did, but that's a very similar transition. And of course, Oscar was your starting five, and now Oscar's going to continue being your uh, starting five. Um, Mintz comes off the bench. You have a shooter, and CJ Frederick comes off the bench. Jacob Toppin's like in that sixth to seventh man role. Jacob Toppin should still be in that sixth to seventh man role. Damian Collins and Lance Ware are your backup centers. Damian Collins and Lance Ware should still be your backup centers. Bryce Hopkins and Dante Allen provided guard depth. I expect us to go in the transfer portal and get one more guy like an Adam Miller or a Tyrese Hunter that can help get us guard depth or even a Terrence Shannon. Or, I mean, it would change some things around, but if you're lucky enough to get Leonard Miller... That would be a similar role, just at a much higher level. And then you probably move Leonard Miller in your starting lineup, and maybe Reeves comes off the bench in that Bryce Hopkins, Dante Allen, Davion Mintz type role, you know? But it's very similar roster construction. And the thing that I like about that is I feel like every one of those is either an upgrade or you're just maintaining at the minimum. Xavier Wheeler, as... A junior at Kentucky is not going to be as good as Saber Wheeler is as a senior because you get better in college. Anyone that's age 21 and plays basketball, you get better over the years. You're still developing. Like, Saber Wheeler is going to be better than last year. Kaysen Wallace, I think, is a better prospect than Ty Ty Washington. But if Kaysen Wallace stays healthy, he will be better than Ty Ty. I'm not saying he'll be a better NBA player. But we didn't have a healthy Ty Ty Washington. Case and Wallace, a healthy Case and Wallace, is better than what we saw from Ty Ty Washington in March. Unfortunately, because he was injured. I will say the same thing about Antonio Reeves. I don't know if peak Antonio Reeves is going to be as good as peak Kellen Grady. They might be pretty similar, but I can guarantee you, if Antonio Reeves stays healthy, it'll be better than plantar fasciitis Kellen Grady in March. I guarantee you, it'll be better. Chris Livingston is so much better of a defender than Keon. I think just as a freshman, we might, we might see a little more inconsistency on the offensive end, but I think that is at least a wash with the potential to be so much better. And again, Oscar, senior Oscar, is going to be better than junior Oscar. I look at Jacob Toppin. Senior Jacob Toppin is going to be better than junior Jacob Toppin. I look at Damian Collins. Sophomore Damian Collins is going to be better than freshman Damian Collins. Uh, junior Lance Ware is going to be better than sophomore Lance Ware. Then I see Davion Mintz and CJ Frederick. Um, I think those guys are kind of a wash. Kind of depends what CJ gives us. I think Davion Mintz is more of like 
he's a more he's a better shot getter. You can give him the ball and he'll create his own shot. CJ Frederick is as much of a shot creator as he just says is a shot maker. So it's kind of depending on what you want. But I mean, CJ Frederick is the best three point shooter in the country in the catch and shoot situation. So for that, you could see that being as an upgrade. It, it kind of depends what you need. Maybe you want a guard like Mintz that can go and get their shot a little bit more. But CJ Frederick having the best shooter in the country, especially around Oscar Shibwe returning in the post. He's going to get so many open looks. That's a guy I'm really happy to have back. And then, again, you get a transfer to, like, Adam Miller to help, um, or Terrence Shannon to help replace the production of Bryce Hopkins and Dante Allen. I mean, Dante Allen really didn't give us anything this year, and Bryce Hopkins really didn't give us anything outside of two games, which was the LSU game and the Ohio game when Oscar Shiba got in foul trouble, and he really only gave us a half there, so... Between those two guys, we only got a game and a half of like positive production, honestly. So anything we get in the transfer portal, in my opinion, is going to be an upgrade. So I just listed all 10 guys. We have an upgrade, or at least kind of the same, in all 10 of them. So now it comes down to fit. You know, like, can Wheeler and Kaysen, two guys that are probably better with the ball in their hands, neither are extreme shooters. I, I think Kaysen... Um, is going to be a fine three-point shooter. I think Wheeler's kind of underrated. It, it looks so much better at the end of the year, a much improved three-point jump shot. But, you know, like, neither of them are Kellen Grady, you know. So, like, can they play together? Do you have enough spacing on the floor? Um, can you find a stretch four that clears the paint for Oscar? Do you feel comfortable with Wheeler running the show? Or... Like, if Wheeler is getting trapped and you're not having guys around him do what they need to do, which we saw at the end of last year, do you have a guy that can take over? Like, can Kaysen take over at point guard if Sabir Wheeler starts struggling? That's what it comes down to me, for me. Can you get guys that are really good in the roles that we need them to be? And, and only time could tell with that. It also depends on who else we get in the transfer portal. Um, but I like that team. If that's the team, I'm going to... Excuse me. If that's the team we're going to war with, I'm going to war with that team. I love my team. If that's Kentucky basketball next year, Wheeler, Kaysen, Reeves, Livingston, Oscar, CJ, Toppin, Collins, Ware, and additional transfer, I'm, I'm hearing Adam Miller's a real possibility. I really like him. If that's our roster, I'm going to war with that. I am. I don't think that team has any holes. I think that team has toughness. It has veteranship. It has high potential in two five-star freshmen. It has high potential in guys like Cop. Toppin and Collins, you have rim protection, you have perimeter defense, you have shot creation, you have playmaking, you have three-point shooting, you have positionless basketball, and you have depth. Those are things that I think every championship basketball team has to at least some level, and we have all of them. So I'm super happy if that's our lineup. I mean, if we find a point guard that's better than Wheeler in the portal, okay, I'll take that. But the fact that Xavier Wheeler, a top five Bob Cousy finalist, um, the SEC leader in assists back-to-back years, if that's our floor for a point guard, then I love that. You know, like if we find someone better in the portal, like I, I don't even know. If we if we just found like Tyrese Hunter, that's a guy I really like. If he's an upgrade over Wheeler and we take him, good. That's an upgrade. But Wheeler's like our floor. You know, if like. Lance Ware decides to leave, and then Joni Broom comes in. That That's an upgrade, in my opinion. But Lance Ware is like your floor for that backup center. You know, if Adam Miller comes in, 
like that that's a great ad off the bench but what if we got a guy like Leonard Miller who has top five top 10 pick in the draft potential that really moves the needle or Terrence Shannon who's a great three and D guy who played lockdown defense for Texas Tech and shot 38 and a half percent from three without really even having a point guard on that team that moves the needle or what if you have Adam Miller and he takes a huge step and he doesn't he isn't hindered by his injury he takes a huge step from what he was at freshman year that moves the needle so I think at the minimum when fully healthy we are just as good as last year's team which we saw when fully healthy is a top three to five team in the country and a national championship contender our team still has not lost a game fully healthy except for that Arkansas game but you have to remember going to that Arkansas game Ty Ty Washington and Xavier Wheeler were coming off of an injury and they were really lust rusty and they ultimately lost by one shot you know they had one possession to win the game and they turned the ball over um but I mean that's a really good team so if we keep this team fully healthy and everyone commits to their roles I think we could be right back in that national championship contention of course you need to stay healthy you need to get luck it's just how college basketball works in a one and done tournament you need to be lucky but I'm riding with that team and then we just have to look out for all right who's available in the portal do we see any upgrade over the guys we have right now maybe we have to push some guys out like a Savir Wheeler and get a better point guard it happens. It's a business. We you got to move on sometimes and get the best guy available. But if again, if that's our roster, Wheeler at the point, Kaysen at the two, Reeves at the three, Livingston at the four, Oscar at the five, CJ off the bench, Toppin off the bench, Collins off the bench, Ware off the bench, an additional transfer guard to go off the bench. I am riding with that team. That's my basketball team. I mean, there's question marks around that team just like anyone else. Like, do you have a guy that can get a bucket? Can Antonio Reeves game transfer? Is Cason Wallace going to be the offensive player that Ty Ty was when fully healthy? Can Oscar Shibwe go from a 17-point-per-game score to maybe a 20-point-per-game score? I think he can. In his interview with uh, SportsCenter, he said when he, when he was committing to come back to Kentucky, he said that in order to be a lottery pick, he needs to show that he could maybe step out and take a three-point jump shot a game. He needs to have a more consistent mid-range game. He needs to be able to make shots off the dribble. Like maybe he could pump fake out of a three-pointer and drive to the hoop and draw a foul or get, get a layup or something like that or kick out to a shooter. I think we have upgrades across the board and everyone's getting better and we have a lot of continuity. And that starts with the man down low, Oscar Sheeway. So again, I know this news with Shaden Sharp is tough. I'm not fretting over it. It is what it is at the end of the day. We're going to have a squad, we have great replacement options, and we have the best player in the country, something that no one else can say. So I, I appreciate you guys all for listening. If you're more interested in these roster options, I actually just got off a podcast with my good friend Bradley at 270 Bradley Smith on Twitter. He is the host of Bradley's Basketball Banter. It's it's basically anywhere you could find your podcast as far as I know. Um, if you're more interested in some of these potential um roster pieces whether it be transfers or returning guys if you're more interested in these guys and what a more in-depth talk about them go check out his podcast it should be up by the time that i'm uploading this podcast so um go check that out if you want a more in-depth thing but thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast i do want to say thank you um the last podcast i put out for the first time ever 
um, has more than 200 listens. And that put Courtside Connect as of, I believe it was Tuesday morning, April 19th. It had Courtside Connect as the 83rd podcast for basketball in the world. Whether that's high school basketball, college basketball, professional basketball, Courtside Connect was a top 100 podcast in the world. We can't do that, obviously, without you guys listening. You guys listening gives us the numbers to put us on those charts. I'm honestly just so happy. I did not think we would ever be a top 100 podcast, but on behalf of myself and Scott Clark, my co-host, who wasn't able to make it today, thank you guys all so much for listening. And as always, go Cats. Just need to clear my mind.